listening to You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. I, I do tend to explode only when by myself. It's called play therapy. No medication, no suicide thoughts. That's evil. Being stupid about it is evil. I'll let myself off. I know where the emergency exits are. That right there, that's a passenger running along the tarmac after jumping from the plane to emergency exit. Let's go to John in San Diego. What's going on, John? Can you address the Bohemian Grove? You start calling me a foreign agent, those are fucking fighting words. Excuse me. I believe that I am capacitated to sit in the emergency exit row of this But in the event of an emergency, your regular exit might not be the quickest or safest way out. Emergency exit. Hey, this emergency exit is painted on. There's no way out. There's no way out. We're through. We're through. That's right. Now is the time to open your mind. In our search for the unknown, who knows what we will find. This is Emergency Exit. This is episode 52. Today is September 25th, 2017. We are coming to you again from our floating tin can far above the world. I am your host, Los. With me as always is Brandon, the hard hat Mitchell. Tis How me. you doing, buddy? I'm I'm great. How are you, buddy? Doing well. Thank right. you. Thank you. Thanks. Been so, a, sorry I didn't join in on the uh, the singing there, but uh, you know, you harmony's not really my thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, right? I don't know. Oh, we yeah. haven't we haven't sing together. Yeah, let's keep it that way. <laughs> All right. If you are hearing this, it means the world hasn't ended immediately. So if you're not aware and you missed it, stay tuned. We're going to be discussing the mysterious Planet X. Uh, we got a special report from Brandon over here. So whatever you call it, the theory is pretty simple. A mythological planet in our solar system that will supposedly crash into Earth and wipe out the human race. That's uh, essentially how it's going to go. Yep. So uh, you, won't you come and join us as we talk about Planet X and the end of the world. But first, let's talk to a kick-ass person. All right, uh, we've got Heather Fazio on the line. Fazio, am I saying that right? Fazio, Fazio, Fazio. Fazio, that's right. Fazio, really beautiful name, and she's a hero, a kick-ass person, and she's a Texas political director for Marijuana Policy Project. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Thanks so much for the opportunity to join y'all today. Uh, Marijuana Policy Welcome. Project is a national nonprofit working at the federal, state, and local level to reform marijuana laws. In fact, we're the largest nonprofit working exclusively on marijuana policy. Uh, we've led several uh, campaigns you probably have heard of, most notably uh, Colorado 2012 became the very first state to legalize adult use of marijuana. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we all remember that. Okay, we're not. We're <laughs> jealous. Very jealous down here, but, you know, depending on where you lived, very great time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And since then, you know, we now see eight states that have replaced prohibition with regulation, 29 states that have allowed patients safe and legal access to medical cannabis, 
if they have a doctor who thinks it can benefit them and they have a debilitating medical condition for which cannabis can treat. Uh, MPP was behind about half of those working with allies, building coalitions, and that's exactly what we're doing here in Texas, looking to move forward with a more humane and sensible policy when it comes to cannabis. And we're looking at those models of California and Oregon, all those those states that are have decriminalized it, right? And are we going to use them as the models for our states? Well, you know, it's hard to look at Colorado, or excuse me, California as a model for anything, but yeah. uh, <laughs> we do, Hey, I'm we do from California. Follow, <laughs> hey, you know, so am I, and uh, I'm glad to be here in Texas, um, yeah, but a lot too. of their policies haven't worked out very well. It's been, you know, over 20 years since uh, they instituted the first ma- marijuana uh, uh, program. And, you know, we're really grateful for them having been pioneers, um, but we can't say that it's been much of a success. Uh, You know, there's been a lot of turmoil with the policies and back and forth. And, um, you know, there's a patchwork policies throughout the the state. Uh, We want to see a little bit more cohesion and, and, you know, not to be put too much blame. uh, Again, they were pioneers, but we want to learn from what other states have done and try to institute the best, most effective policy here in Texas. And so most immediately, what what we want to see is a a medical program here in our state that allows those with debilitating medical conditions to access cannabis for medicine. And then also, we have to stop the bleeding when it comes to the number of arrests for simple possession. The state of Texas arrests between 60 and 70,000 people every year for the simple possession of a plant that we know to be objectively safer than alcohol, tobacco, and quite frankly, many of the pharmaceutical drugs that patients are prescribed every day. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you the clap in there. You couldn't have said it any better there. They're turning these these people that are nonviolent criminals into just that, criminals. Mm -hmm. And it's not cool, man. They get a record and, you know, they got to pay these fines for a a simple plant. Mm Mm-hmm. It's totally unreasonable. And a majority of Texans agree. The vast majority of Americans agree. Um, It's just lawmakers that are behind the times. And so what we've been doing is working on uh, building our coalition, Texans for Responsible Marijuana Policy, which is bringing together folks that, you know, you'd expect to see advocating for this kind of policy, uh, the fantastic chapters of normal throughout the state, libertarian groups, Democrats, but bringing into the fold more of our conservative and libertarian allies. Um, so we're, you know, the, the Republican Liberty Caucus, Republicans Against Marijuana Prohibition, the Tenth Amendment Center, which is a state's rights organization, all coming together on an issue upon which we agree. And, you know, we are, this country is facing unprecedented division when it comes to political nonsense. And if we as a community and as Texans can find issues where we agree, we have to come together. We have to start humanizing these issues and moving forward with policy that works for us. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm, absolutely. Are we? How far ahead are we? Are we? Where are we standing right now in Texas? Mm-hmm. In 2015, the legislature passed the Compassionate Use Act, which was groundbreaking. To be sure, it was the first time that the Texas legislature acknowledged that cannabis is, in fact, medicine. And the governor yeah. not only signed the bill, but he had a signing ceremony in his office. Um, it really was an incredible moment. Uh, of course, we pushed for something a little bit uh, to be a little bit more broad and more inclusive. Um, this program is unreasonably restrictive in that it's only for those with intractable epilepsy. It only allows them to access low THC cannabis, mm-hmm. THC being uh, one of the, the elements within the cannabis plant. It does have psychoactivity. 
But that's part of the reason why it works so well in the brain um, for so many different patients. And, you know, the, the passage of this bill really demonstrated a shallow understanding of the plant and how it works, which means that uh, those of us who do understand how it works and are looking at policies around the country have more work to do. We have more conversations um, to have with lawmakers, with their staff. And what we've been doing is working on bringing people from the community into their lawmaker's office. So doctors and nurses who want to talk about this issue from a scientific standpoint, patients who have conditions like cancer, PTSD, Crohn's disease, chronic pain. You know, we're seeing cannabis being used to get people off of opiates at an astounding rate. Um, opiate overdose deaths are down 25% um, in states that allow cannabis access. So helping people to communicate with their lawmakers, because so often we have uh, strong opinions and we want to, to see policies change, but we don't know where to start. And so that's what we're working on doing with Texans for Responsible Marijuana Policy, hosting lobby days, working with individuals who want to go meet with their lawmakers, giving them effective talking points, helping them to schedule meetings and to prepare for that professional sit down conversation about why these policies need to change. Why is it um, that we are not following with the, all this other decriminalization, the legalization, all that stuff? Um, uh, is big pharma involved trying to keep that so that opioid users keep using their product? Yeah. Well, there's no question that pharmaceutical industries are involved in politics. As long as government is regulating a market, lobbyists from businesses within that market are going to be at the Capitol talking to lawmakers. What's important is that the people are getting involved. And we see uh, you know, so few real people coming to the Capitol to talk to lawmakers. You know, I always say we have representative government. Our lawmakers represent those who show up. And most of the time, it's bureaucrats and lobbyists. It's not citizens who are concerned about the direction of their government, the direction of their country, and have solutions for how policies, policies can be instituted to take a better path forward. And so that's what we, more than anything, what we need to do. We have the numbers in Texas. Over 80% of us think that patients should have safe and legal access to cannabis medicine. And so few of us are actually showing up at the Capitol. But things are changing. And that's why we were able to see in 2015, the passage of this program. In 2017, earlier this year, there was a bill that would have made that program more inclusive. Now, unfortunately, it didn't make it through the legislative process, but we saw unprecedented movement. We saw more than half of the Texas House of Representatives, including 30 Republicans, very conservative lawmakers, signing on to a comprehensive whole plant medical cannabis program for Texas. And what we want to do is continue on that momentum toward 2019, which is our next opportunity to change laws in Texas. And what are we proposing there? <clears throat> oh, in about uh, 13 months, we'll be able to start introducing legislation. You know, lawmakers are elected in, in November of 2018. And just days after that, they'll be introducing laws uh, for consideration. <laughs> just oh, six right. days after election. <laughs> yeah. And so they get right to work, which mm -hmm. means that we get right to work. And, and quite honestly, we don't ever stop. We have a two-year political cycle here in Texas. There's about six months where they're actually in session passing laws. And the rest of the time, they're pretty much running for office. And we are in the part of yeah. the cycle where they're getting into running for office, which means they're accessible, that we can mm -hmm. talk to them, we can share our personal experiences, whether it's ourselves or a loved one who need access to cannabis for medicine, mm -hmm. or if it's someone uh, that you know or yourself who's been arrested 
and has been uh, negatively affected by the collateral consequences that come along with an arrest and conviction for even a tiny amount of marijuana. And, you know, hindered access to education, employment, housing, mm-hmm. your driver's license getting suspended, um, hindered access to your Second Amendment rights. I just learned in my license to carry course over the weekend. Um, you know, you lose your license for five years if you're convicted of a Class B misdemeanor. Um, uh, first of all, that's unacceptable. Yeah. To be infringed seems pretty clear to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the bottom line is that they are the laws are on the books and we have to do something to change them. And so between now and 2019, we work on mobilizing, having these conversations so that in January 2019, when the legislature convenes, we're ready to hit the ground running, see these bills introduced with ample support to make it through the legislative gauntlet in time to pass into law. Absolutely. Great. Great. Absolutely. So, yeah, it, it, it sounds like, you know, the the support is there from the public overall. It's just, you know, the, the laws are old and people aren't aren't getting out to to actually show their support and fight for a cause. Is, is, is that kind yeah. of that sum it up? They're just, they're not being politically active? Right. Too few of us are mm-hmm. anyway. And okay. it is frustrating. And, you know, many of us don't want to be involved in politics at all. And I can't blame them. You know, it is, it is not uh, really fun to be involved <laughs> in surrounding yourself with these people. Um, what is exciting, though, is when we start gaining traction mm-hmm. and we start giving hope to people who need it most. And, and that's what we're seeing now more than ever in this country, that this sweeping of reform over the last you know, five to 10 years. It has a lot to do with access to the Internet, um, sharing of information. We no longer yep. have to trust the government to tell us what's good for us and what's oh, bad for yeah. us. Thank goodness. Which is a big um, thing. Yeah. Big thing. <laughs> uh, we, can, we can organize ourselves, um, you know, organizing lobby days and, and support groups and sharing of information. Right. Um, all of this is critical. And, you know, unfortunately in Texas, we don't have the ability to put something onto the ballot for the citizens to vote on. You know, in all these states that have legalized it or, or how I refer to it, replacing prohibition with regulation. There we go. Um, is it all goes back to them collecting signatures and getting it placed on the ballot and then mobilizing people to vote. Unfortunately, in Texas, we don't have um, referendums, ballot referendums for our citizens. So we have to go through our lawmakers, which makes it even more important to get out of your comfort zone, talk to your neighbors, your family, your lawmakers, getting in there to schedule a one-on-one meeting, um, go suited up, dress professionally, be prepared with your talking points. And, and, you know, I can talk with anybody about effective messaging and things to bring up, sharing your personal story, um, keeping it short and sweet and, and planting a seed to humanize the issue so that they can look at someone and relate to them and move forward with uh, developing their ideas of how these policies can work. And then we go back during the session and we secure them on as co-authors of bills. Wow. That's you guys, you guys are doing a lot, a lot of, I'm sure dirty work too. Just, you know, like you said, you guys will organize the meetings for the citizens to go meet. I'm sure that's probably, it's probably a little more complicated than a phone call. Is it, is it not? You know? Well, you'd be surprised how easy it is, actually. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it takes a lot of work. <laughs> it takes a lot of work to help people get prepared for that. And that's where okay. I come in is, okay. is giving them the confidence to do it because it's overwhelming. It can seem intimidating. Um, but the bottom line is they work for us. Yeah, exactly. And when you go in, you know, when you go into these offices, they're surprisingly welcoming and friendly, especially now more than ever. You know, they used to be able to get away with not having this conversation, simply shutting it down, not um, scheduling 
scheduling meetings, not talking about it. And now they're willing to have that 15, 20 minute conversation with a constituent or with an advocate and actually talk about it. They want to learn about it. They want the resources. And so let's give it to them and let's help make it easy for them to make the right choices. Absolutely. Heather, are you a smoker yourself? Um, I am an occasional consumer, not really regularly. Um, For me, this is more about liberty. It's about Mm -hmm. justice. It's about good government policy. (laughs) And, um, you know, nobody should go to jail for a plant. It's absurd. And, And when we talk about patients being deprived of medicine, it is absolutely inhumane and despicable that people would uphold these policies keeping people from a quality of life that that helps them to enjoy their lives and to live longer if possible. Um, but, you know, the there's a lot of plants that can kill you um, and, you know, they they get keep them away from us for a reason. Uh, like uh, poppies, you know, you're not, not allowed to have those, not like those uh, flowered ones, but the ones that produce opium, mm-hmm. you know. Sure. The, you know, that with, with freedom comes responsibility. Yes. And we have to um, take that upon ourselves to be responsible. It's, you know, having a conversation about the entire war on drugs is important. Um, you know, we're working here just on marijuana policy, but the entire war on drugs has been a complete failure. And You're so right. thinking about a better way forward is something that's critical. And we're seeing it happen more and more on the federal level, bipartisan support for sensible criminal justice reform. And, and, you know, I appreciate organizations like the Drug Policy Alliance that continue the conversation moving forward that helping to break down the stigma of talking about drug policy, talking about addiction, which is serious. But we're seeing that these policies of lock them up are not helping people to get off of drugs. In fact, it's, it's exacerbating the problem by leaving people with criminal records and without resources to actually get jobs and help themselves overcome substance abuse which again is a critical problem in this country. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Yeah, um, we just did our episode on the war of drugs and how big of a failure it is, but it's still going on due to lobbying and uh, not lobbying, uh, but it's, it keeps going on because it's pay- they, they're spending the money to, what were we talking about Keep there? The trillions of dollars being spent on this whole war has done nothing because it's still going. It's, it's 40 going. years. It's, it's no, never was meant to end. Yeah. Just keep going. You no, know, you're, you're mm-hmm. right. The American empire doesn't only have its, you know, uh, warfare sites set on the rest of the world through imperialism. Um, it's right here in this country. Um, you know, it's the, it's the war on drugs, even the war on terror being used to turn this country into a domestic surveillance state. It's horrible, the policies that we have enacted, and we allow fear to drive policymaking rather than uh, sensible decision-making, mm-hmm. rather than thinking about how these policies have unintended consequences and that we have to put liberty first. That's what this country was founded on, is having a government in order to secure the life, liberty, and property of every individual within our borders. And unfortunately, we have gotten very off track there. And we have work to do on many fronts. Um, Marijuana policy simply is one of them. It will keep almost 60,000 people out of jail um, that they shouldn't be in jail to begin with, which is Mm going to ease up resources so that we might be able to facilitate justice to victims of real crime for a change. You know, violent and property crime are on the rise in Texas, and it's because we are misallocating resources that are already stretched to begin with. We're seeing in uh, California that a lot of these uh, shops are, uh, you're not getting your weed any cheaper out there, and you still have the same black market out there. So if there's going to be like a 
they lift the prohibition on it there, you're still seeing a black market. And it, mm -hmm. you definitely have, we have to sell it at a cheaper rate. You're, you know, you're still seeing higher prices. What's the big, what, why would we, why would we see that in California? Yeah, no, you're right. And, and, you know, we talk about eliminating the black market by regulating cannabis instead of prohibiting it, especially in Texas, where the violence on our border is very real and has a large and is in large part due to drug trafficking. And when cannabis is a significant part of that, at least it, it has been historically, um, we can undercut that by bringing it into the light of day. Mm -hmm. And in California and in these nine states, let's not just single out California, but in these nine states that now have legal markets, maybe excluding Alaska because of its proximity. Um, but, you know, we're seeing cannabis coming from these states because it's higher quality. It's yeah, a better right. product. Yeah. The market is speaking and that is where the black market is coming from in California. It's, it's getting shipped out to states where there is a demand. Therefore, there will be a supply. This is basic economics. And you'd think that Republicans that love to talk about the free market, they love to talk about limited government. But when it comes to something that has this big boogeyman behind it, you know, got cannabis, which they equate to heroin, which is absurd when it comes to Schedule 1 status. Um, we have to start breaking that down and talking about how is this fit into the bigger picture. And when we institute a regulated market in, in Texas, we're going to see violence associated with the black market dropping. We're going to see safer products for consumption. We're going to see tax revenue going into the state. And we're going to see a happier state of, of the union. You know, we have so much opportunity here with this simple change um, to a policy that has not worked for decades. And now we see people coming forward, not afraid to talk about the issue anymore. We have professionals, academics, lobbyists, um, you know, uh, former cops, judges, doctors, uh, patients, advocates, everybody all <laughs> talking about it. Everyone talking about this issue. And, you know, the time has come and it's such a, a thrill to be a part of, of history. And so I invite everyone listening to join us. Let's get involved. Let's get active, and let's expedite let's do this it. process. Let's yes. do it, indeed. Mm -hmm. uh, here, I got one last little question for you. Here, uh, how far is Texas away from uh, ending prohibition on marijuana? Well, you know, it's tough to say. Every two years, our legislature meets, so we don't have another opportunity until 2019, and after that, it's not until 2021. And so what we're looking at is opening up this uh, this restrictive medical program in 2019 and decriminalizing small possession. We want to institute a, a simple ticket and a fine for one ounce or less, no arrest, no jail time, no criminal record, and none of the collateral consequences that come along with those things uh, for under one ounce. Um, that's our immediate goal for 2019, which opens up 2021, which, you know, it's hard to say with such an... Um, uncertain political climate at the federal level with the current administration. <laughs> I think that's a, a nice way to put that. <laughs> um, we, uh, it's hard to say what the federal government's going to do. We were of the mind that the feds would probably make a change, and they still might make a change before Texas does, which is going to make it easier for us to get this done in 2021. That's our goal, to replace prohibition with regulation in Texas by 2021. Awesome. How I would you how would you regulate uh, somebody driving under the influence? Uh, how would you uh, like? I know that they were trying out uh, some sort of breathalyzer, but that was a failure. 
Mm-hmm. Um, That's a really good question. And I appreciate you bringing that up because we have to be prepared to talk about the real concerns that reasonable people have uh, with these kinds of policy changes. And a reasonable person would be concerned with DUIs going up. Um, but DUI is already against the law. And most people that are going to use cannabis are already using it just at great risk, except, of course, for the patients who are too scared to have to go through chemotherapy in jail rather than with their loved ones. Um, but, you know, we have to think about DUI as something that is a concern. And in other states, we have we have seen very minimal changes to DUI and accidents. And um, and so where you see you, you might have heard a report recently about, you know, that that um, accidents in these states that's now being discovered that most of these people were under the influence. Well, it's not because more people are driving under the influence it's because they're actually testing for cannabis now. And it doesn't matter if you're under the influence at the moment or, as you guys probably know, cannabis is in your system for up to 30 days. It's going to be there for a little One month. And and keep in mind that when they're testing people in accidents, they're even testing the victims of accidents. And so that person who got T-boned by whoever... Um, is getting tested, and whether or not they were wow. under the influence at the time or not, everybody's on everybody's on weed here. What the hell's going on? Everybody's smoking weed. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, and crashing into each other, but that's yeah. just not the case. You're mm. right because you know I I'm a very heavily user. I, I'm a very heavy user, not heavily, but um, you know I, I don't see it as something that uh, you know will get me super crazy high where I can't drive or anything. That's why I was asking because I, I probably yeah. do take a hit or two and then I can drive and ain't nothing. There's no problem, you know? Yeah. yeah and it's different for everyone. Just like having one beer versus two for different people is going to make a difference. Correct. Um, and we have kind of created these standards because we're able to talk about it. You know, we talk about having one drink per hour. Kind of, we'll make sure that you're definitely safe to drive. Um, and, and everybody's metabolism is different. You're right. There have been some tests that are, are uh, they're trying to, find a way to tell, are you under the influence right now? And um, they haven't been successful in doing that. And I'm optimistic that they will be. They just haven't been so far. But let's keep in mind that DUI is already illegal. Mm -hmm. They already arrest people for driving under the influence of cannabis right now. They have other tools to look at, sobriety tests and things like that. And if they have a case, if you're driving dangerously, if you're swerving or you're waiting for the stoplight to turn green, or excuse me, the stop sign to turn green, (laughs) then they're going to have evidence. They can do sobriety tests. Um, you know, and they can use that evidence to, to build a case against you. They do that right now, and we can continue doing that. You're right, because if they give you, if, they, if you give them a reason to pull you over, you're the one that's, you know, that something obviously was going on. Yeah, exactly. You know, they, if they, they stopped you. Yeah, yeah exactly. you, didn't, you, you just sat there at the red light, and then it turned green, and you sat there till it turned red again. <laughs> this guy's yeah. fucked up, and yeah. then, he, then he decided to go, or he runs red lights or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Basic things like that will get you pulled over, and obviously... You know, if you are able to keep your composure when you when you drink, I'm just oh, kidding. Man. You should drive. No, I'm I mean ju- either you either you were or you weren't driving recklessly. Either you were or you weren't. So you're either mm-hmm. impaired or you're not. Yeah. And so you know they have these other tests to be able to tell. Um, but you know there was actually a study done, um, and I don't remember the name of the. It's a national institute or national administration, highway administration. They did a. Um, uh, a test on driving um, under the influence of cannabis versus all the other distractions. And they found that it has very little effect. In fact, driving under the influence of cannabis impaired you less than having a second driver in the car or having the radio on. 
Wow. And that's a federal <laughs> study that just came out last year. Oh, wow. That's significant information. Yes, now that's it is. difficult. You know, it's it's important for us to know. It's difficult to go and say, well, hey, it doesn't matter if they're under the influence because it doesn't really affect you. So I, I steer clear of that conversation. But mm-hmm. the bottom line is that's the truth. Yeah. And so if they want to, you know, if they want to bring that up, you know, I, I'm prepared. I've got an arsenal of, um, you know, uh, myth busters to help okay. diffuse any Love of the nonsense show. because we still hear so much nonsense from these people who have been hearing for decades that marijuana is a gateway drug that, oh, yes. you know, teen use is going to go up if mm-hmm. we, if we decriminalize it and normalize it. It it's probably will not though. The case. Well, I think it probably will. I mean, shoot. No, it, it hasn't been shown in any state that's ever changed any of their laws over the last 20 years. I think it's like decriminalized. I think it's the media and the movies that get people to smoke. Like, I don't know. I don't know. These Seth, Seth Rogen movies are all about smoking weed and it becomes normal. And these like 15 year olds are like, what is that? Come and, around to it. And it, yeah, it pops up. Some bad kid at school has it. And then you're like, yeah. And then you have this well, whole all new of, thing. I mean, my, my friend, all of that's happening right now under prohibition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kids are still going to do it either yeah. way. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. Yeah, it comes down to education. It comes down to parental um, responsibility in talking to your kids about drugs, about alcohol, and making sure they're making the right decisions, knowing who they're hanging out with, and you know, understanding that that is the responsibility of families and of communities yeah. to take on, not of the government. Yeah, exactly. That and giving makes that perfect kid sense. a criminal <laughs> record, giving the kid a criminal record certainly isn't going to put them on the right track. No, right. definitely not. Well, the, you know, the, <laughs> their their coaches are having them kneel during the you know. The Pledge of Allegiance and uh, the National, national anthem. anthem. You mean? Yeah, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> the National Anthem. Anyways, oh, let's d- not let's not go down that track, guys. I know. Uh, I've been. <laughs> I have to like get off of Facebook because I'm getting really sick of showing the flag code to everybody. Uh, but then they're like, "Oh, you can't do it this way." Anyways, either way, thank you, Heather, so much. Uh, where can we find uh, your your Twitter and any sort of a good website that we can find all your good information? Yeah, please visit texasmarijuanapolicy.org for um, more information about the work that we're doing now to sign up for email alerts and action items. That, I think, is maybe the most important thing that I can ask listeners to do is sign up for that email list. We don't send out very many emails, but when we do, it's important information about what's going on in Texas and, most importantly, what's going on in your district and how you can take action. Whether, you know, it's during the legislative session and we need you to send a quick email to your lawmaker or make a quick phone call to ask them to, to vote for a certain bill that's up that day. You know, we're up to the minute with these action alerts. And when we send something out, we really need folks to take action. Because like I said before, the citizens of Texas are on board with this. We are on board and ready to take action, but we need to know how to do it. And that's what we're doing is providing the action items, the specific information on how you can be a part of this movement to institute sensible marijuana policies in Texas. Um, So the website, again, is texasmarijuanapolicy.org. Following us on Facebook and Twitter is also a really great way to stay in touch. Mm -hmm. Uh, On on Facebook, we go through our coalition, which is Texans for Responsible Marijuana Policy, or facebook.com slash texasmjpolicy. Same thing for Twitter, Um, texasmjpolicy. You'll be able to keep up with updates where we're at, where we're headed, uh, training events that we're doing around the state in January, and uh, and action alerts as we move forward toward the toward and through the legislative session in 2019. Yeah, it led, uh, absolutely. Thank you very much. I think instead of uh, us marching against white supremacy, we should be out there marching for marijuana policy, responsible <laughs> use. 
<laughs> yeah, I like how you guys work. Uh, work. They're the wasting. Everyone's wasting. Everyone's wasting their damn time out there. <laughs> if we were all able to, you know, smoke the weeds, we'd all be relaxed, right? It's like well, this is a simple <laughs> fucking answer, everybody. Here, yeah. smoke this, and we'll all be super. And then our differences stoked. won't matter. You're right. You know, that's well, that's my you, theory. You know what's interesting is even at a lot of these protests, I think people on both sides are using it. Yeah, both oh, sides yeah. agree on this yeah. stuff, and so you that's know, common uh, and, ground. Uh, of Right, hey guys, exactly. guys, guys, everybody, come together. But if they were actively <laughs> smoking and talking, I'm sure they'd like they'd get along. They'd be like, "No, oh, man, yeah. I, I don't. I disagree with you, but man, I respect you." Can you imagine just a yeah. big stoner circle going yeah, around just with stoners. just doobies got, going around? You got Antifa over there. You got like <laughs> yes. one Nazi over there. Just a real big circle, and they've got making the rounds. Conservatives over here, some Democrats. Oh, there's a Republican sitting over there, and they're just like sitting around. You know, Bill Clinton's going to be part of the Democrats. <laughs> like, hey guys. <laughs> And you're going to have Harry Anslinger, you know, the ghost of Harry Anslinger in the middle just yelling, no, no, no. (laughs) You're all going crazy. (laughs) Heather, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Are you calling from, from the, spaceship. the spaceship that got that abducted you? Who is this? Is this Andy? <laughs> this is this is Andy. We calling <gasps> from North Austin. Oh, North Austin. I thought. Oh, he means north, the, which is like above above Austin. us. Well, aren't we? Because we're in the tin can. Well, yeah, we're also, but he's also he's above north us. Of us. I gotcha. No, what's going on, That's Andy? Right. It's good to talk to you, man. Listen, guys, I gotta know your opinion on something. This okay. is really important. All right, Uh-oh, let's hear go. it. What do you got? What did you think about the big dog, Roman Reigns, <laughs> beating John Cena at No Mercy last night? Oh, he beat he beat John Cena. John, that's yeah, he's everybody's favorite, right? He pops out of the fucking wall. He runs this yard. He won. He runs the what? Now he runs the yard. Oh, runs oh, the yard. Gotcha. He's so he's everybody else is uh, is his bitch. Is that, is that what yeah. you're saying? Is it pretty much prison rules? The, he's going to beat up the Miz later tonight also. Oh. I want to let you know. <laughs> what oh. is this show about tonight? What are you guys talking? We are. We just we just got off the phone with um, with Heather I Fazio. Uh, you listened. Oh, you listened. Okay. We were talking about... I'm the, on Twitch right now. Oh, my man. Oh, he's one of the, the one people. One of the Twitchers. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, well, we're going to talk about the end of the world. At least some, some times where people talked about the end of the world. And the most recent one uh, that happened September 23rd. And uh, <laughs> we're, obviously the world didn't end, but there's uh, some pretty cool stuff to talk about. Do you know what I'm saying? All right, guys. Well, Andy Blanton, well, have fun. it's good to hear from you again, man. He's been, he hasn't been on the show in a very, very long fucking time. So, uh... All right, guys. Have fun tonight. All right, Andy Blanton, thank you so much for calling. Oh, man, that was pretty cool. We had some calls. Let's see. Uh, we missed uh, Ryder, so let's call him back. All right. Um... You need to get onto my Facebook where I said mine right here. Call into the program and then answer that guy's uh, 
question there. Oh, gotcha. Brian Lamont, that's Doc. That, and that's on your try, page? We're going to have him on in October. Yeah, just go to my page there. Um, we're going to get uh, we're going to get Nick Ryder on the phone right now. He called while we were uh, <clears throat> talking to Coach. So we are live right now on Twitch. We are just taking some calls. We'll answer, uh, ask us some hard questions, Where and we'll answer at? them. Uh, it was like the first one. It was uh, said, "Call us, whatever." Called in the line. I don't. Not there. You're gonna no, have to. Uh, posted it. You're gonna have to. Oh, there we go. There we go. There we go. Sorry. Sorry, boot that. Twitch. Ah. Why does it keep doing it? I got the sound off. That's me. Oh, that's you. But it's not coming through too. Well, it's all right if it does okay. that. Okay. Eh, it's whatever. People won't know it. It'll drive somebody crazy. Yeah. They'll look down, they'll look at their, their screen. See? Every time. Hi, this is Nick. God every, damn it, Nick. Every time I call Nick, it always it happens that way. Um, we didn't get Coach's call on the air. I, I wasn't recording. All right, so hey, if you guys are watching on Twitch right now, give us a call. Uh, ask us a question. We like to talk about all sorts of stuff. Uh, we're going to start talking about our, uh, our uh, whatchamacallit, end of the world shit here in a second. But yeah. We're just kind of kicking back and relaxing. Is that me? Uh, I believe so. Anyway. Um, let's get some music on. No, we're on the air. What are we doing here? We're talking. Um, uh, well, uh, just a comment back from Brian Lamont. Uh, according to the Facebook translation, a thousand grazie. Oh, that's, uh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, let's read that email from uh, yes, we, Adam uh, from Ohio. Ohio. Listener from Ohio. He, uh, he writes to us from our, our website. Have you been there, Los? EmergencyExitPodcast.com? I was just on there uh, yesterday, oh, okay. uh, but... Uh, my song is still up in the front page, so you might want to... Yeah, that's yeah, uh, going to get replaced with tonight's. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, he says, listening from Ohio, love the podcast. I've been listening for a while now and can't wait for each new episode. I just finished the War on Drugs. That game was great. Looking forward to it more in the future. I think that he's talking about the, the What Am I game. Ooh, I think that was the first time the that we uh, actually played it. What Am I game? Bra da bra bra da we were gonna play that game today, but we don't have a second person to play it with us, and Someone we in studio. quite haven't figured out how to make y'all call in and do that. That's kind of why we were doing the call, and I had the call in ready to go. I said, "Oh man, we can get somebody to call in." I was, he's like, "Well, how are they gonna hear it?" And I said, "Oh yeah, I forgot mm. about that because when they're calling in, they're not hearing us as you hear us now." Uh, they're hearing us through the phone, um, so it's. Uh, it's I we've got we've got lots of plates spinning behind the behind the scenes. I don't. You know, we're know hearing stuff that you wouldn't hear if you're on the phone. I think there would be the only other way I could think of doing it is by having, um, you plug like we need a third computer that does it all on its own. God damn. That has its own sound card that's um, receiving the audio here. But then we can take that audio and pull it with through one of these right here. We'll pull it out, which will go into here. It, it's it's. I mean, that's I'm, the only way I can think of uh, uh, us doing we could, it. We could figure it out. We, we'll probably have to put some work into it, but. Well, we gotta talk to those. Uh, we're t going to that podcasters yeah, meeting uh, yeah, tomorrow, yeah. We'll, or whatever. We'll talk to them. But anyway, back to uh, to listener Adam's email. I was I was almost done. Oh. Uh, he said he asked, uh, "Are we going to do a show on uh, simulated reality?" And Ooh. maybe, maybe Adam, don't uh. Don't push your luck. He's, is he talking about we Matrix, run the show. Matrix kind of shit? Yeah. Yeah. Are you not familiar with that? 
Yeah, I took oh, okay. the I took the red pill once. And, oh, you uh, did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is that is that the, first the scar on your cool. face? Is that what that's from? Yeah. Oh. Um, I watched the first movie pretty recently. I didn't watch Matrix like ever. Ah. And the first one was cool. Uh, second one, man, and then the third one. Bleh. Okay, and then he uh, he gave us a rating. While it's not official, um, it's a five golden jazz masters. Oh, that's right. Here's the golden jazz master, and he get five. That's right. That's right. So yeah, listener Adam. That's right. Checking us out all the way from Ohio, dude. Ohio. I'll tell you what, Los. When uh, when I saw that email, that made my day, man. Just knowing knowing somebody out there reached out, said, "Hey, good job." You know, blah blah blah. Hey, that we we're doing of, something. We're we doing sort of meant to do it earlier, uh, read it earlier, but uh, things get busy and mixed up. And every lost time, and see, we always just like we didn't know where to put it. So yeah. this time we kind of are kicking back. We're not even really going with our normal uh, talking points as we normally go. We're yeah, just we're kind just, of we're uh, flowing with it. Flowing we're with going. it. Come on, give us a call. Who's calling us? Yeah, ain't nobody calling us. Not even uh, not even a comment on the Twitch. Uh, uh, it's, well, it's refreshing right now, but. Um, Anybody, that number, again, if, uh, if you don't know it right now, 830-875-0637. Call in now. To, uh, Nick Ryder. I know we got Doc over there. He's, he's a, we're going to get him on the show, talk about his book, uh, Squalor. Yeah, that sounds exciting. I got to read it first, so he sent me a link for uh, the audio book, which right. is so much easier, but yeah. I think it's easier for me to read it nowadays. I don't really have a... I don't you don't have a whole lot going on? Well, I don't have a place to like listen to that. Like, no. At work, I can try to listen to it, but they have a radio going on. I have to be kind of alert and shit. Mm, I gotcha. Oh, what about on the uh, the bike on the way home? Uh, it's like a, it's barely ten minutes. So oh, okay, no, you're, like not, you're not making much, much ground like, in it. Can't make much listening happen. Okay. See, I could probably tear through it in maybe three days. You know, depending on where I'm working, I could work anywhere. You know, thirty minutes away to take me two hours to get to work. What do you think about this? Um, I'm, I'm derailing the shit out of it. But what do you think about this? Uh, kneeling thing happening with this flag see everyone i, I can't i can't scroll through my f- facebook without seeing something where they're kneeling someone's talking about mm-hmm. uh, kneeling for the flag and good for you heroes yeah, like, and honestly i don't i don't even give it that much time a day because honestly shouldn't. i don't care yeah. i really don't like if that's what they want to do fine What's doesn't, your thought on the? Uh, call us in if you guys got a thought on that flag thing. Yeah, uh, we we want to hear what's your reasoning thing, behind it. Me, but uh, the kneeling and the whole national anthem, the what's, disrespect, is it getting going on on the NFL fields? <laughs> is it they is it going way too far? Is they it, are sons of bitches. Are you done? I'm Alex Jones. That was Alex Jones. This is Infowars. No, uh, uh, okay. I was just working up shit. this morning. This is Fox News. No, no, no. I was, I, dude. I've watched so much shit. I'm getting so tired of watching all that stuff. Yeah. Infowars, and mm-hmm. no, I'm not tired of Infowars. I love that shit. Me I mean, you, you, there, it has a, uh, a critical point where you can only take so much in a set amount of time. I remember back when taking a knee meant taking a knee, like Saw that when earlier. you were Nancy Kerrigan. Yes, I, I laughed probably a little too hard when I saw that's that, but I was like, you know what? That's that's a good one. Hey guys, come enjoyable. on, uh, give us a call, give us a call. We're going to do this for another five minutes. If we don't have a call, we're going back to... Uh, the hey, uh, we're getting a call. I think that's Mr. Ryder. 917? No, it's not. All Let's right, see. we got a caller call. Call from... Brian Gross. Oh, Brian that's Gross. Ah. All right, you got it on the air. You're here with on the emergency exit. Who's this, B? This is, I think this is Doc. This is Doc. Hey, Doc. Doc. My man. 
What are you doing, bro? <laughs> How are you boys doing? Man, we're just trying to get you some talkers. You seem so lonely, and I have stuff to do. But <laughs> <laughs> I figured I'd call in and give you a little bit of comfort. All right. Thank you, sir. Always Thank in you. the mood for a little bit of comfort. Just um, a little bit, though. Just the other day, I saw him on uh, Sunday, which was yesterday, and I guess you got some sort of mix up with some maple syrup. Why don't you tell us about that? Uh, yes, I still have yet to wash that out of my beard. Oh, <laughs> the flavor saver! <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was beard oil, and oh. I put it in my beard, and it was maple syrup. <laughs> How did you make that I discovery? I smelled like a Waffle House waitress for like an hour. Did you not smell it at first, Doc? Yeah. Thought it was maple flavored. Uh, no. No, you just went for it. You never smell anything before you put it on your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you mean, you're probably right. <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> How G-rated do I have to be? <laughs> what do you think about this uh, football kneeling thing in the touch ball? The touch ball? Um, I, well, I'm not a fan of the sports ball to begin with. Um, but that said, uh, somebody posted a really cool meme, a friend of mine. It said the people not uh, standing. Do you think the people not standing for the flag is sort of like saying that Rosa Parks was against public transportation. Sure, sure, I sure. Um, you know, I can argue. Like the whole, I can argue for that. Like how everybody's uh, is so caught up. You know how oh disrespectful it is. Do you think honestly, like people are just too uptight, and it's just probably getting a little more attention than what something like that is. Like, aren't there more important issues going on that need to be addressed, and not just people <laughs> well, caught that's... up on patriotism and you know, some would call it disrespecting it. All right. Well, that's a two-parter. First of all, <laughs> um, I think that uh, basically the um, the conservative right has been claiming that liberals are snowflakes. Mm -hmm. And now they're acting like them. Oh, they're, oh, okay. So they're coming through on their actions. Uh well, no, they're they're becoming what they used to yell about. Oh, so they they're swapping. Is what is that what you're saying? Well, yeah. I mean, it used to be that you know people like myself, an open-minded liberal, I was a libtard and a snowflake. You were, and <laughs> now everything that I do, you know, offends them somehow. Yeah, isn't that weird? Isn't that, that weird? Does that make sense? You're, no, because I'm the, I was the same way. I was like, yeah, very liberal, man. And now I, I offend them, and that offends me. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Like, you're telling me you're oppressing me. Now, what was uh, well, just like, I can't say certain things, you know, this PC bullshit. And like, what, uh, you know what? Since when is saying gay to somebody uh, offensive, you know? I thought that was always like... You guys took it back, and gay doesn't mean what it's supposed to mean anymore. It's like, Brandon, stop being gay. You know, it's always like, well, that shit's <laughs> it's gay. It's not an insult, yeah. You know, it, it doesn't, it is an you, insult, but it doesn't mean you're, it's an insult like you're gay. Cause it, uh, you're, you tell me to stop being gay when I have lame. a penis in my mouth. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's a whole, <laughs> yeah. that's a different thing. Well, I prefer, I prefer not to use that word. I prefer yeah, as well, too. somebody says that that's how they want to identify. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're right, and I don't. You know, I don't say it because I have friends that I want to be friends with, so I oppress my my independent thoughts, mm, and I feel that's sake. yeah for their sake. Well, for the sake of a relationship that yeah. I want to have with them, and 
That's that's the that's the thing that you gotta do, you know. Well, yeah, I mean that's a, that's a relationship. You've gotta you gotta compromise, right? Yeah, you know, uh, you don't. Well, when go ahead. Whenever I meet somebody from the LGBT community, I always ask them, "How do you prefer to be referred to?" Mm-hmm. Well, um, I'm doing this out of respect. I'm not doing it to be rude. I just want to know how you identify. What, Let's say what they the go. I want my like. pronoun. My pronoun is Z, and uh, it's Z and he. And purple is uh, how you're going to refer to me when you uh, see me out there. Purple. I don't know. <laughs> what, where's the extreme? You know, I, I, Where do you draw the line? Unfortunately, Trans age? I think, unfortunately for me, I've never come across someone that was like, oh, you need to refer to, you can't say them, you know, that's, that's not the right pronoun. Or that's, I've always got the he and she part, right? And I feel that's the where it should go, you know, mm-hmm. he and she, them, or they, or her, or him. Right. You know, uh, but now we're we have to learn a whole new fucking set of things for, you know, for what really? I don't well, know. Well, please. I went to Vassar College. I mean, like you could get in trouble for spelling women without a y. <laughs> Who's spelling that with a y? Wow. Whammon. 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 <laughs> Whammon. No, you had to take the men part out of it. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. Where whom? W o m y n. Oh, I see. M Y. Mm. Just because they can't say men, and men are fucking pigs. Of course, we all. Are. Uh, y- yep, pretty much. Yeah, we, we are. are. We on. are. Well, I mean, come on, we're guys. We are. All right. Well, boys, I have to go get drunk and tell a story. So. Well, Doc, thank you so much. We're going to have you on very soon. Line, unless you got something else you want to talk about, real quick. Love you, bro. Uh, we'll see you at the next uh, meeting and uh, check out his book, Squalor. That's right. All right, man. We'll see you on in October, brother. Bye. All right. Cheers. Peace. Peace. All right, he's Doc. A, how about that? He's got that heavy New York. Oh yeah, it's, it's 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 real deep, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> he was doing. He was sitting on someone's lap, and someone said, "Do Pacino." He's like, "Oh, <laughs> well, this is a good lap." I can't do Al Pacino, but uh, I did the. Oh. Yeah, I mean that was that was enough. It got me. All right, All right you, you guys. Ready to start this thing? Let's. Uh, we're cutting off the lines. Everybody's done. We're <coughs> done with this line thing. Thank you guys for trying to call in. Yeah, it was you, fun. If you missed our, if you missed it out, and you're watching this in the future, why don't you guys give us a call next time? Um, are, are these videos able to be saved onto? Um, like Twitch, I tried watching the video we made and it's not saved on there. So we need to figure that out so they can watch it in the future of the live stream. Okay. Okay. Noted. Noted. All right. Let's, um, we've got somebody here. No, it's just Brandon. Yeah. Just me. Still me. Nobody knew. Yeah. But Brandon, you're going to go ahead and you've got, uh, you've got some sort of special report. So let's do it. That's right. Our very own Mr. Hardhat himself has a special report. Yeah, well, I don't know how special it is. We could have done it right away if it was a special report, right? It's just a report. Let's okay. just leave it at that. Let's call All it what right. it is. So grab your beers, sit back, relax. If you guys do want to call us later, we might open the shit. Who knows? 
we'll just see if we'll just Andy, go with it. We'll see if we can get Andy to call back again and ask him about some uh, political stuff. He loves to talk oh, about yes. that stuff. He loves to get crazy good on times, it. Good times. That's right. I'm talking about you, Andy. My yes, man. My man. That's right. Here, let's. Uh, I wish I had a clip of Andy saying something. That'd be cool. So uh, sure we can find it. Here's Andy for you. Well, well, well. That's not Andy. That's Andy. Right. Uh, we'll just pretend. All right. Go ahead. All right. So, um, am I just supposed to set this up? The end of the world. Supposed to happen on the uh, the 23rd, which was Saturday, if I'm not, not mistaken. The 23rd, yeah. Yeah. And um, what is it? Monday the 25th? And hey, we're still here. Yeah, it was supposed to end well, you know, so they said. And then yeah. I saw something like the day before saying where, oh, the guy said not really actually He canceled happened. it. He, you know, rain delay. Or not rain delay, uh, uh, yeah, rain, rain check, rain check. Rain check, rain delay. Yeah, well, yeah, it's indefinite. But um, it seems like stuff like this always happens. But um, anyway, this one very specifically is uh, is put on, uh, it's been around since um, about 95 by a woman, Nancy Leader, uh, founder of Zeta Talk. It's a uh, Talk. website that she, uh, she put together, and it's basically where she spreads the messages that the... Um, the aliens, the greys, send her. Because uh, her background story is that she was, she's was she been abducted several times, and they actually implanted something not in her butt. Or, damn it, I, I should have said not in her anus, but her head. They decided to go on the, the other end of her body. So they put something in her put head? Put something in her head that made it, uh, pretty much made it uh, where she can receive messages from them. So has she ever gotten a an X-ray so that this can be proven? Well, that's what I'm unsure of, but probably I not. I would have dug into that a little bit more. Eh, that would have been funny. Eh, well, go for it. I'll, I'll set this up and go for it. Um, yeah, she claims <laughs> to have been abducted by the Greys from uh, the Zeta Reticuli star system. Yeah, the Zeta Reticuli, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, of course. Yeah. Oh, you don't know about them? Of course, Shit, I go there all the time. Knows about the Zeta Reticuli. I was there last weekend. Where yeah. were you? Zeta Reticuli. I barely know her. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Oh, I know, but I love that line. If you can work that in, almost. Okay, anyway, we're getting off track here. Yeah. Um, but basically, Tell she first uh, suggested that Nibiru would Nibiru uh, would cross the inner solar system in May 2003. What's so Nibiru? That is Nibiru. the the planet X. What is uh, what you deemed the mysterious planet? Oh, uh, we were um, talking. Yes, Planet X. We're yeah, talking planet about X. Planet X. Yeah. Why are we talking it about has, Planet X here? It has several names because it's supposed to hit us. Is what this? Oh, is that says. what's going on with yeah, this? Yeah, it's supposed to either hit us or do who, a near who miss. Who the fuck said that shit? Uh, that was uh, Homegirl. I think that's your boy, uh, David Mead. No, no, no. I'm sorry. He's the one that just rehatched this. But um, yeah, you're getting me all flustered over here. But yeah, Nancy Leader back in 1995. Okay, go uh, ahead. Put it together because. I mean, there, there's a whole whole background story, but we would have to get into the ancient Sumerians and the, those 20,000 clay tablets that were should've. found. That's, that's another show, man. I figure we can do that later, but that right now, this episode, sweet. we're just covering the end of the world that was supposed to happen on the 23rd. Okay, sorry. Take it easy. So, what are you yelling at me for? I'm not yelling. Nobody's yelling. Who's yelling at? I'm the, <laughs> everyone on the bus. Yeah, there you go. But anyway, she, she essentially drew this, uh, this theory together from all of that information. Um, and said, hey, it's going to end in 2003, May 2003. It came around kind of like um, our boy earlier, David Mead, kind of re- uh, redacted it the day before saying, oh, no, hang on, we're, we're going to push it back. You know, she kind of did the same thing. Um, but basically that it would be destroyed by the giant planet passing close to the Earth and it's, you know, essentially its mass would pull the Earth apart and cause the poles to shift 
Reverse. Um, yes. Yeah, so I think Andy uh, uh, was uh, talking about that shit. He was. He sent me this uh, video about this. Uh, the poles are gonna reverse or and shift over mm-hmm. and. I was like, man, can anybody just like condense this into five minutes so they don't have to watch an hour boring lecture with this guy? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the hard stuff, but it's all usually very dry stuff. But they don't want you to know it. Yeah, you have to sit through some boring old guy's lecture about some some bullshit. And then it always seems to go way back to oh, way back in the ancient times. Need someone and, cool and the naked to like wrestling. describe things like like Ben Shapiro or something like somebody nice and concise, you <laughs> yeah. know. I can really get into it real well. All right, good, good uh, presentation value. Yeah, right. yeah, maybe, maybe that's what we can do. What? Do that. Just present items like that in a in a fun, new, catchy way. I mean, we can, we can, yeah. or might not be funny. <laughs> but anyway, so after after rescheduling the anomaly. Um, it, uh, it kind of died off, and it was just brought back a couple years ago by Christian numerologist David Mead. Uh, now, a Christian numerologist, like what, have you ever heard that job title before? Christian numerologist, yeah. well, obviously he's probably just a numerologist that happens to be Christian, but they gave him such a weird little... Well, no, I feel like if, if that was the case, it would be like, he's a numerologist, it's like comma Christian. But this, he's saying a, it's Christian numerologist. Well, would you say, if, like, if he was a Satanist, would you say Satanist numerologist, David Mead? Uh, numerologist, comma, Satan, Satanist, active Satanist. Well, I mean, I see your point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely see your point. Uh, I'm just well, arguing I, I semantics. Think, yeah, semantics, yeah, semantics. Yeah, that's what it is. But anyway. You know who job, David job, job uh, Mead is? Have you done any research on him? Oh, a little bit. He, he, seemed, he reminded me a lot of uh, David Rousseau. Uso, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, how is oh, your sex hi, life? Oh. <laughs> I figured that was the button you were going for. No, uh, see, David Mead's background, dude. He's got a, uh, he's got a pretty credible background, dude. Uh, like he's worked with Fortune 500 companies, writing special management reports. Hmm. Can you special management reports? Whatever what? that's supposed to mean, yeah. I don't know, man. It's like the TPS report. I mean, this all. You know things you can look up about him. It's it's true, or I don't know if anyone. I don't know if anyone's uh, gone into his credibility, but he sounds like he sounds like he does. You know, he's wrote a bunch bunch of conspiracy books. Mm-hmm. Um, this he wrote one, one about the coup about Trump about President Trump. You know how to speak French? I just know that that is a coup. Coup d'état. D'état. I don't, sure. I don't know how to say it either. But yeah, what is that against President Trump? Yeah, just the overthrow. Uh, master's degree in statistics. Also claims to have received a degree from the University of Kentucky in astronomy. So he's like, yeah, man, I, I know the stars. And I know statistics and what, what there has to be a chance of life out there. And yeah, since we're talking about Nibiru, but um, he, I don't think I've heard anything about him talking about, uh, yeah, he does talk about Planet X, but I just don't, uh, NASA would say that there would be an X there somewhere. Mm-hmm. There'd be, I mean, they, there's no reason why, I mean, if they're going to, if it's coming for us, and they have to keep it from us. What's the point of keeping it from us? At some point, we'd be able to see it, right? Yeah. Once it got close enough, because well, it's I guess supposed that's to the be problem where people large. are seeing it, and like they they took a the last time people were able to see it is during the eclipse that we just recently had, mm-hmm. where you know they started seeing it, and then they saw this like bright red like crescent that was right over here, and they're claiming that's Nibiru, and that's what causes the it's it happens to be in front of the sun and between us and the sun. Um, I don't know if it's between the moon. But 
That I haven't I haven't it's stumbled across that one. It's definitely not between us and the moon. I mean, where is Nibiru? It's well, it's supposed to be in orbit. It's its orbit is supposed to take it way past out Neptune. It's like a, an orbital orbital period of it's like ten thousand years or something like that. It's just a ridiculous amount of time. Or ten thousand so to two, it, twenty thousand years to orbit the sun. How is how do they calculate that? That's a that's a lot of years that they're throwing in there. Just like mm-hmm. oh, ten to tw- ten to twenty. You know, you could say like I mean at that point fifteen it, to sixteen. That'd be I, I get that's more mm-hmm. ideal. But they're saying. A uh, hundred, uh, I mean, one, uh, ten to twenty thousand years to orbit the sun. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, from when you're, because you're, you're doubling it from two to four thousand. If you're just on that scale, that's not bad, you know. But when you get up to ten thousand miles, ten to twenty thousand miles, that's that's a lot, man. And if it's as big as it's supposed to be, like if it's bigger than the moon, if it because it appears bigger than mm-hmm. there and it's able to cover the sun, I thought that's what they believed. Um, no, I guess Nibiru is not what's covering the sun. I, if no, I'm it has to at, be the moon. It has to be the, the moon. moon. Um, yeah, well, who the fuck knows, dude? Um, anyways, yeah, keep going. Uh, I got some more here. He's a legend in Pinewood Derby Racing Circuit. What do you know about that? I thought I just thought that was pretty funny. He wrote some sort of uh, book that is the must-have for the Pinewood it's Derby like the, the textbook. Yeah, it's like how to build like the best and use all the innovative aerodynamics and weighting system. So I just thought that was that was pretty interesting. Yeah, and you know he's got uh, his theory, and it's not about the end of the world. Well, it sort of is because what's well, it, like the start of it? It's the start of the end of the world because uh, you got the rapture and then the the millennium of uh, glory or some shit uh, where you're living with Christ or whatever some weird crap that they're it's like talking a working about. interview with Christ before you get into heaven. <laughs> I don't know. Well, let's uh, we'll talk to him. We'll talk about that in a, a little bit later. Oh, okay. Um, tell us, uh, tell me more about this uh, planet Nibiru. Well, and where shit. it is? Yeah. All right. Well, like like we said, Planet X is an undiscovered, so it's kind of a myth. It's you know people think it's there, but it hasn't been actually discovered. It's thought to reside within or beyond the Kuiper Belt. That's that large band of asteroids that's between. Well, I don't know. Do you know what planets it's between? No. It's like Jupiter and Saturn. Or and does it orbit before. the sun? It does orbit the sun, but it's a very elliptical pattern. Very long very, and like yeah. sharp. And it's very long on one side. So it goes, it swings way, way, way out in the solar system past Neptune. It's what, um, I guess, I think they call it a, a TNO, a trans-Neptune, Neptunular orbit or something like that. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's a fancy word there. And then it comes all the way back in, and I think at its closest point, it's somewhere around, let me see, my, I think it's somewhere around Venus. You know, in that area. So it's really, really close in this swing. It's more along the lines of a comet. You know, and and see the thing, things like that aren't unusual in our solar system. I mean, that's precisely what a comet is. You know, they just, you know, Halley's Comet is what, every 47 years, I think. Is that what it is somewhere in there? Um, so that's that in itself is pretty long. But 10 to 20,000 years, that's a long time. Yeah, uh, it totally is. And speaking of Halley's Comet, we, we got some sort of comment from Chris Bard and it was some uh, oh. long wind, long winded thing again. Once again, about we should listen to his uh, Hollow Earth episode again. I don't know if you've even heard the second Hollow Earth episode that we had. Mm. Uh, nor do I th- does I do I think he's gonna hear this. Uh, he might though. I mean, no, nah, he doesn't listen to our show, no. man. <laughs> he just wanted to talk about his stuff, and that's all he cares about. If it's got nothing to do with Hollow Earth or uh, um, or yeah, prove me wrong, Chris Bard. I so bet we got you used. Know, 
We yeah. got used like some cheap bar floozy. Well, you know, we sort of, you know, had him on too, so I guess we benefited a little bit of that. Yeah, we got something. Um, <laughs> let's talk about some false alarms, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, because it... Because there's it been other like, ones uh, where there was end of the world. Uh, I remember there was, you know, 2000... The 2012, the Mayan yeah. one. That's, you know, there was that. I think that's probably the most recent one, at least that I know of, but I'm sure... I'm sure they're all out there. I mean, we could probably make one. Hey, guys, the world's going to end in five weeks. Right. Unless you listen to Emergency Exit Podcast. Then we'll tell you the secrets to avoid the rapture. Everybody's going to die. Oh, that's it? Everybody? Okay, well, everybody enjoy the next five weeks. Everybody's going to die if you don't listen to Emergency Exit Podcast. The frogs are gay. <laughs> and I was listening to Fox News. Yeah, anyways, uh, so when I, what else? Tell me some more false alarms. Well, these false here. alarms, um, just notable in 97, I think everybody remembers Heaven's Gate. 29 remem- uh, members, uh, they all drank the Kool-Aid. Um, uh, the UFO religious uh, group committed suicide with the aim of boarding a UFO that was hiding behind the Hale-Bopp Comet. <laughs> what a coincidence we uh, we brought that up. So Haley's comment, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, I remember hearing about that. It's they actually how really would they believed, get on there? Well, it's uh, they have to time that their ascension to heaven, I think, and it's supposed to as they're on, as they're going up, they're supposed to rendezvous wow. with the spaceship. I mean, could you imagine thirty people, nearly thirty people, twenty nine? They uh, they join this, you know, this cult yeah. essentially, and. They were convinced if we got on this uh, this boat, uh, this ship, spaceship, we'll be able to fly up to Halley's Comet. That only happens every fifty years or whatever, and we'll hop on the back of it because it's because tri- it happens to be uh, the 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 that's happy where world. Our spaceship that- is. Oh, that's our spaceship. Yeah, so there ha- was the spaceship that's hiding behind it. Oh, so if they drank the Kool Aid, the Kool Aid would send them. Carlos's mind just exploded. He's a fucking nut. He's a nut. I mean, he had 28 other people do it. Yeah, I mean, that goes to say there's there's suckers out there. But, uh, you know, uh, 2003, Planet X was supposedly discovered by the ancient Sumerian people and meant to hit Earth in 2003. But, hey, it never arrived. Never arrived. Yeah. Oh, you We're don't say. We're still here, 2003. You don't uh, This catastrophe say. was initially predicted for May 2003. But when nothing happened, the doomsday was moved Forward to December 2012. Hey, that's, uh, we were just talking about that. The Mayans. Yeah, the Mayans. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, they said something, you know, it was an error and some maybe like they didn't account for a leap year. I think that's probably what it was. Yeah, well, you know, it's weird that they have that. uh, It's weird how we tell time and how we've done it. You know, there are lots of different theories out there. And maybe we should do an episode on that. We should write that down. Different versions of time. Yeah, different ways. how we got to where we're at now, you know, you want to go back and learn history. I love that kind of stuff. We should definitely research and talk about um, why we take time the way we do, mm-hmm. how we did this, how that came around, how months came around, how uh, we, how February happened. Why you know, we lost whatever. several months when we switched to the Gregorian calendar. Yeah. See Gregorian. We'll talk about that. Okay. Perfect. Oh, so. and then we can fit in the, uh, the phantom time conspiracy. Do you know about that one? No, that we're but, missing like 300 years. We're definitely missing shit. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, Hey, that's, uh, that's to come. Keep, uh, keep your eyes peeled for that one. Uh, a little more recently in 2011, um, it was supposed to end 21st of May. The Christian doomsday prophet, Harold Camping predicted the rapture would begin at uh, 6 p.m. 
in each of the world's time zones, wiping, wiping out naysayers with rolling earthquakes as believers ascended to heaven. So he thought he's like, exactly at 6 p.m., you guys, uh, at every one. In every time zone. So, so it like, would all. That's what I thought about, like, Y2K was going to happen. Like, oh, uh, so I watched, I remember watching, like, the, 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 the ball midnight, drop. Yeah, the ball drop yep. thing. And, like, that happened already. If it happened for them, it happened for me. You know, it's like, it doesn't just, like, roll out, like, okay, boom, mm-hmm. boom, 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 boom. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. It's like everyone's going to get hit the same fucking time. Yeah. And it's going to be one central location. So you're saying God doesn't abide by uh, time zones? He doesn't give He's a like shit Arizona. about no time. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> do they not have a time zone? I think it's Arizona. Yeah. And they also don't uh, participate in daylight savings. Oh. <laughs> And um, it's a farmer's thing, anyway. See, we can yeah, talk about that. Exactly like, lots of things about time. That's cool, man. We'll talk about all the different, okay. you know, thing like you know, daylight savings and shit. That's very interesting. Yeah, it is. Uh, in 2012, NASA had to debunk an ancient Maya prophecy uh, theory about the world ending back. Uh, yeah, the, the, yeah, we were talking about yeah, that. Yeah, one. we mentioned that one. 2015, Chris McCann, uh, leader and founder of the E Bible Fellowship, said the world would be E-Bible. engulfed, engulfing with flames, Julian. And and destroyed by a great fire on October seventh. What were you doing, two thousand fifteen, October seventh? Do you remember? Uh, Where were you? I was probably working. Doesn't I don't even I don't remember working and doing nothing, going home smoking pot. That's well, probably not a bad thing. But uh, McCann oh, said October he was, last year. Was that uh, that was two years ago? Oh, two well. years ago, my friend. Yeah, well, I don't know. October last year, we were we started the podcast. Yeah, that's right. Um, Almost one year. Shit, man, time flies, right? Jesus. McCann said he was surprised by the outcome and wrote a blog post entitled A Response to Being Incorrect with the Prediction that in all likelihood the world would end on 2007. So he, um, no, he, was, he was surprised that all these people believed him. You know, it's, it's pretty surprising. You know, you say the world is going to end on this specific date and you get a lot of people who will believe it. And I mean, in, so, in several of these instances, these are just a few, but in the ones that happen over time, people sell their everything. You know, their house, their car, and we'll use that money to just forward the cause and try to save other people. And when that day comes, they absolutely have nothing. Hmm. 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 Don't be a sucker. Don't be a fucking sucker. (laughs) Don't be a sheep. Uh, So we were going to talk, we talked about a few of those uh, end of the world theories and shit and why people uh, went around and did it. But uh, we did want to talk about this uh, recent one here, September 23rd, 2017. Uh, which was prophesized uh, quite a long time ago. Uh, matter of fact, uh, it started as early as 2015 when they were talking about originally the, there's some sort of significant, um, there was a what they called the Bethlehem star popped up in Jerusalem or some shit in uh, 2000. I'll get, back, I'll get into that in a second, but um, David Mead, I wanted to have him on the program, so I reached out to him, and he sent me this long-ass fucking letter, um, but... He did want to summarize a few important things because a lot of people were taking what he was saying and saying that the world was going to end. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is just his way of clearing up because I'm sure he got a bunch of uh, backlash. <laughs> uh, so he said, uh, before we proceed, let's summarize some important points. Number one, nothing is expected to happen in September. And number two, it is possible at the end of October, we may be about to enter into the seven year tribulation period to be followed by a millennium of peace. That's what I wanted to say earlier. Millennium of oh. peace. Uh, Seven-year tribulation period. Um, and he also says we may be. So there's also that maybe. Number three. So he covered his base. Yeah, you throw that in there. Just to cover in case your ass. it doesn't happen. 
Uh, number three, when Wormwood, which is Revelation 8, is on close approach to the earth sometime during the tribulation, you'll have solar flares and a possible loss of the electrical grid for weeks, maybe longer. Not the electrical grid. We need that. We do need that. We wouldn't have, a, we wouldn't have anything. Um, first of all, before it says, uh, actually, I'll read the rest of these before I uh, read this here. Um, then also says number four. However, that's the main risk I see right now because as I've stated in my book, right after the initial solar fl flare risk, I see the rapture of the true church. True church. Right after the initial solar flare risk, I see rapture of the true church, he says. Uh, before that, he goes and says, read my book. Tells you everything. Buy my book. Oh, of um, course. Well, you know, he's, he's got to pay the bills. Until the rapture happens. Pretty uh, five, pretty cool. We're all gone. Um, oh, so yeah. if you're not a member of the uh, the true church, I'm sure he's saved. So he's all he's happy for the rapture, you know. Oh yeah, he's just waiting. He's got his ticket and his bags packed. He's got a ticket to ride to the rapture. Um, Jesus said, "When the end of days approached, we need to quote watch and pray." That's all he really said, and that's all we need to do. We need to have clear consci uh, conscience and peace with God. Mm, okay. <laughs> Jesus did not provide additional instructions except to quote occupy until the end this means use com use common sense yeah. so they're saying no the world's gonna end you don't mean uh you'll sell your fucking house and shit yeah uh, that's essentially what he's trying to tell me here uh common sense use common sense when you hear things yeah. like this and uh you know you did say it right just use your comfort in find your comfort in your faith but what, what does it sounds like but what does he say so in revela in revelation 12 verse 1 2 and i think this is part of four in the in the bible it says a great sign appeared in the sky, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was with child and wailed aloud in pain as she labored to give birth. She gave birth to a son, a male child, destined to rule all the nations with an iron rod. Iron rod. Iron. Iron rod. Um, so they, they kind of interpret this. You know, uh, so they're saying there's a woman in the sky. Um, and this, this, uh, if you get a, let me tell you, get a program. It's called uh, Stellar Stellarium. Stellarium. Mm -hmm. And you can look at where st uh, constellations, stars, suns, moons, planets, their orbit, you, it, all over you. And you can, you can find out through time. You could take it back in time. You could take it forward through time. And we took it. I took it uh, to... Uh, it was like 20,000 years or something. Yeah, 20,000 years. The year 2080... Fucking crazy. 14 or something. You can find out where, you know, the North Star possibly will be by then, you know? What about the South Star? South Star too. Oh, or if the whoa. pole changes, who knows? I don't know if it tells the future like that. Oh, um, it doesn't anywho, account for it. Um, what is happening here is kind of ex uh, described literally as it, as it tells in Revelation. So, you know, you've got a woman clothed with the sun... Uh, and if you look at this up, go ahead and look up September 23rd, 2007. I have it pulled up here already. And you'll see that the woman clothed with the sun, that, uh, that is the constellation Virgo, which, of course, the sun is in front of Virgo or behind Virgo. And that's uh, where we're at right now. And uh, if that's your month, right now is your month. You're, right now is your month. Uh, and you're, uh, you're a Virgo right now. Mm -hmm. But yeah. you're guarantee right now you're a Virgo. Cause, I uh, am. That's right. Well, I mean, the sun happens to be coming through there, the constellation. Everyone knows that already. And so the moon was under her feet. And that night it was under her feet. Mm -hmm. um, also, 
the 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 nine stars of the zodiac Leo that's above the constellation uh, Virgo. Those are going to be nine of the twelve stars on the crown. The other ones are three planets that are like perfectly aligned, oh, all in okay. one fucking line: Mercury, Venus, and Mars. And there, that's the twelve stars on her crown. That's the crown. Uh, so that's they're trying to say that. And also, planet Jupiter will be in the center of Virgo as the weeks pass, and they're saying that Jupiter is the because uh, she's uh, with baby, she's with child, so she's pregnant. Oh, Jupiter's the baby. That's right. And so and is it, it exits out. It sort of exits out through the the legs as it's. I don't know if that's to. true. I didn't go that oh. far out of it. I mean, that would make sense. I mean, I kind of, why wouldn't it now? Because this whole theory, but I don't know. I can't picture it which way they're moving, but no, maybe it wouldn't. Eh, it's just way. weird. Uh, looking at this program, It's it, it kind of just sits and looks at the constellations. So you're constantly moving with it. Mm -hmm. And if you're going with it, because um, I was trying to look at it without it and it kept moving. So I had to stop and had, let it sit there. And then I would watch things go around it. So... It's crazy how you're viewing it, but if you were really viewing it in the way that you're uh, you're seeing it on your computer, you'd be like looking at it and moving with it so that it always stays right there in front of you. Right. Um, otherwise, and then that's just because it's all constantly moving. Yeah, it's all moving. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, so I want to talk about that Bethlehem star. Uh, this was another theory which came out in 2000, uh, just in January, and he was talking about September 23rd. This is going to happen where they're going to line up, uh, but he's talking about how. Uh, the Bethlehem star appeared in uh, zero AD, okay. marking the birth of Christ. The birth of Christ. You know, they knew that, it, and it popped up in the east. Um, Two thousand years before that, the Bethlehem star was uh, also seen in the sky. And who was born then? The father of the Jews, Abraham. Abraham, right? And that started the whole okay, Jewish so every religion. Two thousand right? years. And that, yeah, and then of course, two thousand years later, you have the King of Jews born. So he believes that Jesus' birthday. Uh, it was probably in September. Oh, okay. And so, wow, not in December or in like the springtime. Which it's totally possible it was. It's just through time and the way we're telling time, it mm -hmm. definitely probably was. Who knows? Yeah. They also claim that the celestial event only happened 7,000 uh, 7, years ago, and it's never happened since. So, so from the standpoint of astronomy, there's nothing unique or unusual about the sun, moon, and planets or the yeah. constellation Virgo. Uh, on the verse of uh, the constellation of Virgo there. Yeah. So on uh, September 23rd, uh, 2017, yeah, that's when it's going to happen. It, it did happen. And you can, you can absolutely see that. Um, so it sounds like he kind of took this knowledge knowing that these were going to have it and he kind of worked it into his, his theory. Yeah. And he says he's, you know, an astronomer. He says he's got a degree well, from the university of Kentucky. I yeah. mean, they're known for their astrology. I program. guess so. Who knows? <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> you know, is that a fact? I'd not anything I say is Yeah, you know, so it, it seems it makes it makes a lot of sense, you know, it works great, but if you look and I, I've done it. I, I I got this app and on my computer and I looked it up and this happened uh, at least four times in the last uh, 1000 years and look it up. It's 1827. All of them are in that same area and it's all going to be somewhere in September because mm -hmm. um, that's how we tell the time. It doesn't change. You see, notice that that constellation is still there. The sun is still there in that constellation every single time we look back. So 1827, 1483, 1293, and uh, 1056. The year 1056, man, that's a long fucking time long. ago, man. Could you imagine there are people living, that was, doing shit? I mean, that was even before the Middle Ages. You know, I mean, what... Do you know of any key events that happened in the the ten twenty six time? I mean, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you, man. I'd love Probably to like know more. Barbaric. I think that's. Oh, oh, I think that's when Game of Thrones was 
was set, right? Uh, well, <laughs> you might know that. I don't know that no, shit. It's totally different universe. You know that? Totally different universe. Well, needless to say, the world didn't end, and a lot of these <laughs> claims are just fucking whack jobs. Yeah. And, you know, it's okay, man. It's totally okay. So when you have somebody coming to you saying, you know, rapture is near, you know, come with me, followers, your 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 yellow flag should go up immediately if they're trying to tell you, hey, this is the end of end of the time, end of times is is among us. It's this, it is this exact date. You know, yeah, it. You should be a little cautious. Pump the brakes on that. Yeah, and proceed with caution. Always proceed with caution. <laughs> just like well, just like what uh, uh, what Mead was saying. He was saying. You know, use common sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that makes sense with his, you know, yeah, don't go off selling your home and, you yeah. know, all that. Like, yeah, that is that is common sense. But a lot of these people who As for, do this uh, don't have common sense. What about for Nibiru, you know? You might have been seeing something out there. It could have just been your anus. Call it your anus. Oh. All right, thank you guys for listening so much. <laughs> that has been another episode of Emergency Exit. Um, you know, it seems as though we've been let down Yet again, by these uh, end of the world theories, you know, mm -hmm. good thing we didn't uh, rush off and sell everything we own. Well, I mean, we could have great. sold off. We just didn't want to do that. I may have sold a few things. You know, fuck it. <laughs> um, but I needed the money, not because of the end of the world. Well, you know, uh, you could, you could buy. Ah, fuck it. Don't <laughs> buy shit. Yeah, just save. There's invest. the music popping up, saying that's the end of the show. Yeah. Uh, special thanks to uh, marijuana rights enthusiast uh, Heather Invictus Fazio of the Ooh, Marijuana Invictus, Policy Project. Huh? Uh, more information can be found on their Facebook page. Also, links will be listed on our blog. Be sure to come and check us out in two weeks. We'll be live, live. from Adelbert's Brewery for three Sundays. Count them, three Sundays. Yeah, and we're going to have uh, Doc's going to be on there. You heard him earlier. Oh, that's going to be a good one. That uh, that New York accent. Yeah. For some reason, that, that, made me want, that made me want pizza. I, I'm hungry for some pizza. That New York pizza, man. Maybe he'll bring pizza. No. No? I don't uh, think so. He's all not, right. I mean, he's not like living there uh so we've been on twitch you guys we've been streaming live on twitch we are gonna try to keep doing this line thing uh you know uh, if you guys are ever in the austin area come by and uh, we'll have you on san francisco i know you're listening out there san you need to francisco. announce yourself we want you to call us up and uh say hello check us out on facebook emergencyexit.com emergencyexitpodcast.com so for brandon mitchell I'm low saying that's, that's right. right.